Good day. Welcome. Bill Michaels Show on the air. Enjoying this Monday, smoke-filled Monday. I don't know where you're at in the state, but uh, where I'm at, a little bit hazy. I just uh, stepped outside during the, uh, the the commercial break a few minutes ago, and it's, it's a little hazy outside. And you can smell it. Smoke is in the air. So if you uh, have any kind of breathing issues, uh, I'd, I'd suggest staying inside today. It's supposed to clear out later tonight, so we'll be back to being good. But, uh, yeah, they, they said it was going to be kind of hazy this morning. It wasn't too bad this morning when I was out and about, but... Right now, you can you can see it wafting through the air. Hey, this uh, this hour, you can always get a hold of us, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You can find us uh, on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, our buddy Grant Bills, at Wisco Grant, at Wisco Grant, producing the program. Instagram, simply The Bill Michaels Show on Instagram. Facebook, go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. There's YouTube, there's Twitch TV, there's Kick TV as well, and we're over there. And uh, you can find us under Bill Michaels Show there. Email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Same thing for the website, uh, WOZN, The Zone Madison is the app if you download that. And you can always listen to us after the fact on Spot. Excuse me, on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts. Drink too much water during the break. Spotify, Apple iTunes, and Google Podcasts as well. So... That's how you track us down. Lisa says, to your point about the defense, uh, which we were talking about coming out of the last hour, in the first years of Aaron Rodgers, I distinctly recall Rodgers giving the Packers the lead late in games only to have the defense give it back up. While frustrating and disappointing, I had a sense of good things that they were about to happen with Rodgers if the defense could just get it turned around, and then it did. Let's hope we can all put the two sides together this year. Appreciate the email. Yeah, that's what we were talking about was people tend to look at Aaron Rodgers and go, well, that's what the record was, and blame it on Rodgers. And I've said this all along. You you know, I, I saw it again. I think it was on the NFL Network and said, well, if Rodgers gets him to the postseason, Rodgers' record in the postseason is not very good for an elite starting quarterback. And they don't talk about uh, – they, they gave the, uh, the record in uh, conference championship games. You know, one in five. First of all, he got the five NFC championship games. There's something to be said for that. Secondly, uh, again, you you go back to 2014. Uh, you go back to the game in San Francisco, the game down in Atlanta. You know, yeah, the, the game against Tampa Bay at home, that was not a great performance. I'll agree with that. But, man, you, you tend to forget about how bad the defense was, and they got there basically being willed to an NFC Championship game by Rodgers to begin with. So I just, uh, you know, I, I, that Atlanta game, they were getting blown out, and they finally put a drive together, and Ripkowski fumbled, and that was pretty much the end of that game. You think about the game out in San Fran, the, the, the defense for San Francisco was tenacious, was all over Rodgers and company, but you also think about the fact that the, you know, the offense couldn't stop Mostert, you go back to the Bostic game in Seattle, even though there was numerous things that cost them that game. You know, you just you kind of look at it and go, "Wow, uh, you know that that wasn't all on Rodgers." You know, so anyway, uh, but that's that's kind of it. So, you know, I I, I completely agree. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to chime in today, you can. Coming up here near the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk with our buddy Mike Clements, who's going to join us. And Michael, uh, Mike is in Green Bay. And today was the shareholders meeting, 
uh, kind of letting uh, the state of the the state go, so to speak, the uh, the heads, the directors from the uh, Packers. And nothing, I, I don't think anything spectacular, but we'll find out if there was anything that might have raised the eyebrows of of Mike Clemens. Uh, this is from Bill. Bill says, uh, hey, guys, did you hear what Leroy, Leroy Butler had to say in his podcast that he believes that Jordan Love is just going to have some time and he's going to develop uh, how much stock you put in this? Uh, and it goes on and on. I did hear that. Um, first of all, Leroy's an optimist. Um, you know, there's been times that he's been critical, but also he's on the board of directors now. You know, now Leroy has different cachet because he's a Hall of Famer. He's a former player. He can come out and say, hey, this is uh, this is not a good situation. This is not the direction you want to go. This is, you know, bad for business or whatever. I mean, he's got the ability to do that. It's not like they're going to turn around and can him. But, uh, but, you know, when you're a part of the organization, you tend to paint things in a little bit different light. You know, um, I don't know. I haven't sat down and talked with Leroy in a while. Maybe I should. Maybe we should get him on the program. But the, uh, I think at this time of year, if you're in that locker room, you don't have a choice. You got to be all in. This is your guy. This is who you, this is who you're ready to, you know, jump on the field with. And there, nobody else is walking through that door. Rogers isn't coming back. You know, none of that. So you, you got to go into it with the mentality of we're going to do everything we can within our own ability and with our own capability to be successful and to help make our guys successful, you know, until you see different. Once, you know, once you see different, then it becomes, uh, you know, a whole different mentality or discussion, I guess level of enthusiasm or optimism. But right now, you're undefeated, man. You're undefeated. You've got a new regime coming in. You know, you're you're ready to go. Plus, you got a lot of young guys. You're hoping to develop and develop quick. You've got what's considered to be a lot of potential, you know. And potential is an incredibly wonderful word unless it goes on for far too long, and then it's just potential that never was realized. And then you're nothing more than a bust. But right now, you got a lot of potential. So we're all interested to see if Christian Watson can take that next step and Romeo Dobbs and Samari Torre are, you know, quality fill-in pieces. And, you know, Jaden Reed is what everybody has seen early on in the OTAs and minicamps and the talent that you believe you've drafted over at the tight end position. All these skill positions really become, really kind of grow together and, and form together, which that's what you're hoping for, you know. 877 867 1670. I want to hear from you. Um, What else is this? This is from uh, Ken who says, what is the post about the watch? Ken, you got to listen to the program. Got to listen to the program, man. Go back and listen to the program. Uh, Art says, uh, hey, guys, I think Jordan Love is going to be quality. As to whether he's going to be Hall of Fame quality, we'll have to wait and see. But I think he's going to be better than what people are predicting. I think he is going to be sneaky good. Who are going to be your sneak-in postseason winners this year? He's got, uh, he said, my sneak-in postseason winners this year is Green Bay, Cleveland, 
He's also got San Diego, which San Diego, I know what you mean, the Chargers. I, although the Chargers, didn't the Chargers make it to the postseason last year? So I don't think they're going to be a sneak in. And they made it in, and then they blew a 27 nothing lead. That's <laughs> what I thought. Uh, and then he says Washington. Boy, you're really smoking something if you think Washington's going to be there. Um, but is it a sneak in if you're predicted to win the division, but you weren't in the postseason last year like like Detroit? I don't I I don't think that I don't think it's a sneak in. Although I will say this. Detroit won 8 of their last 10 games. And that's tremendous. But you can't erase the beginning of the season and how poorly they started off. That's why I don't know if I'm I I don't know if I am all in on Detroit. That's why I can maybe say Detroit, will Detroit go back to being Detroit on the outside looking in? But I, I, I would have to say that if you're a team that doesn't make it to the postseason the year before and now you find yourself not only in the postseason but winning the division, that's, whether you're predicted to do that or not, that's, that's not a sneak in. Well, maybe it is a sneak in, I guess, if, if you weren't even in the postseason last year. Then again, can we say that the Jets are going to be a sneak in with Rodgers and all the moves that they've made and the defense that they have? I don't think so. I think many people feel that they're going to end up in the postseason. I think it's just a, it's it's the Jets would be one of those teams that may not get there, not because they don't play well, but because their division is so incredibly tough. And the AFC is so incredibly loaded. You could probably say a sneak-in would be if, let's say, Sean Payton turns around the Denver Broncos. That's a sneak-in out of that division. Or the Raiders would get in. If Sean Payton can turn around the quick demise of one Russell Wilson, um, he may end up winning coach of the year. And Russell Wilson wins comeback player of the year. (laughs) You know, because of how bad it was in Denver last year. Um, Tennessee not making it. I don't think they would be a sneak in. Indianapolis or Houston would certainly be a sneak in. Cleveland, I okay, I can agree with you there. Although I don't think Cleveland, they're pretty optimistic in Cleveland though. But I don't think Cleveland's ready to go. I think what what people would be surprised at is if Pittsburgh does a lot of damage in that division, because Baltimore and Cincinnati are the two clear favorites. But right now over in the NFC, uh, I would agree that if Washington got in, that would be a sneak in. If anybody, well, I think the Seahawks are a pretty good football team and will probably make the postseason. But if, say, the Rams or the the Cardinals got in, would that be a sneak in? I think most people seem to think that New Orleans is probably the best team in the South. But depending on what Bryce Young does or Ritter does with Atlanta, Atlanta very quietly won seven games last year. They weren't supposed to win seven games last year. But they very quietly did. And at the end of the season, they were they were looking like they were starting to kind of grow together. So maybe they bounce back this year and they get off to a faster start. Who knows? Mike says, did you see Dan Campbell out there doing burpees with his players during the conditioning drills? I, I did. That's one of the reasons the guys in Detroit – love their head coach because he'll he gets into the trenches with them 
you know, and does it. So, you know, some will believe he's doing it for show. The cameras are there, so, you know, the coach is going to do it with you. But from what you understand is this is all the norm for Dan Campbell in Detroit. This is just what he does. You know, I don't know what it does to a player's mentality to see the coach doing it. And I don't know what it would do to a player's mentality if the coach is out there doing it better than you. But, uh, you know, you got to remember, too, the coach can go out and do that stuff, but the coach isn't going to throw the pads on and go through a full rigorous practice either. So I don't know how far that stuff goes. Some guys may look at it as the coach is just doing it for show. Others may look at it and think this is a great thing. I, I, clearly he's got a touch with them because he brought them together and they gelled. And even when they didn't have anything to play for, they still played their asses off at Lambeau Field. So Dan Campbell has the finger on the pulse, if you will. But I, I, this year is a big year for Dan Campbell. Because if this team doesn't, if they get out of the shoots really slow, then you're going to find out again how good of a coach he is and how much he's able to motivate his guys and whether or not guys in that locker room will start to say, ah, we were a one-hit wonder last year, or if he says, no, 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 you, we're going to keep at it because we're going to win games, just hang in there, and they're going to believe in him or not. But I, I like Dan Campbell as a motivator. I like it, the fact that, you know, for a, a franchise that's just been foundering for years, he's finally got guys to play football and play football aggressively and with attitude and with heart. And I love that. I love that that's what they're doing, that they're able to get that ability. But I just there's just something in me that says the Lions are going to go back to being the Lions. I don't know if I can trust them yet, which is the reason that I picked uh, Minnesota to win the division. So there you have it. Uh, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got a whole lot more to go. So stay tuned. Our friends over at the social house, H-A-U-S, big day yesterday. Had a good uh, group over there. They've been watching the the World Cup and soccer. They had golf on early yesterday. The pancakes were flowing yesterday. Great place on Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. That's the social house. H-A-U-S. Tell Dan Dell and the whole staff, hello. They're great people. Support them. It's a great locally owned business. And we can't say thanks enough to them for being a big supporter of the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd for Fisher House, Wisconsin. For all the details, go to Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. That's Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. of the program the bill michael show continuing on and coming up here at the bottom of the hour we should be checking in with our guy up uh, up there in green bay uh, our own mike clemens is the band is all back together and we'll be uh, talking to mike coming up here in just a little bit this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at boondocks barbecue burgers and brews are on county road can oconomowoc but the big thing about them is uh, Tom and the gang are going to have the food truck at the end of the motorcycle ride over at Steel Tank Brewing in Oconomowoc coming up here on Sunday, September 3rd. 
and they're going to be helping out. They're going to be working with us when it comes to feeding all the riders and all the participants and all the people that just want to show up and enjoy the after party and make a donation to uh, Fisher House, Wisconsin. So thanks to our friends at Boondocks Barbecue, Burgers, and Brew. And if you're going to stop over there, thank them as well because uh, the staff is going to do some extra work and come out and hang with us and and uh, and basically do it for nothing because uh, they just want to help. And that's the kind of people they are. So we can't say thanks enough to our friends at Boondocks Barbecue, Burgers, and Brews, and Tom and his staff, such great people, and so hugely supportive of the motorcycle ride benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. Again, for all the information, Go to Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run, Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run, and you can see everything there right there for yourself. Um, this is from uh, Chris who says, did you see that the Babe Ruth model bat sold for $1.8 million? Um, I No, I didn't, and okay. You know, that... The memorabilia market is so weird. Uh, for a while, it cooled down dramatically. And then in the last, say, three years, four years, there's been this massive resurgence. And I know every year now, this past year at Super Bowl, we didn't see them. But our friends at Hunt Auctions, um, they usually come around at Super Bowl and they bring all this really cool memorabilia. I know one year they had a Johnny Unitas helmet and... They had another jersey, um, and they had, uh, the, the, like, theme displays, so to speak. But, uh, you know, David Hunt has come around for years with us, and maybe we'll talk with him about some of this stuff when we get to Super Bowl. But, uh, but no, to answer your question, if, if you had – remember when baseball cards, when, you know, we put, them in base, we put them in the spokes of your bike and you did different things with them for players you really didn't care about? Then it got to, and it was all tops. That was it. You had tops. Unless, of course, like a local uh, grocery store or something ran the baseball cards of your team on the back of a box. And then you had to kind of, you know, in the perforated area, you had to tear them apart. And then you had all your, you know, trading cards or something. But beyond that, uh, you know, baseball cards, you used to flip them and slide them. Grant, did you do that as a kid? Never a big, baseball cards. Never a big baseball card guy. No Pokemon cards. Oh yeah, oh, okay. uh, I remember that. But <laughs> I, I don't know if listeners need to hear about that. But uh, yeah. no, no, never big into the baseball cards. Yeah. Well, I remember as a kid, man, I'd take a stack of really good ones and really bad ones, and I'd take them to uh, take them to school, and it ha- at, at, at you know uh, out in recess, we'd flip cards. And that's what you did. And then every now and then you come up with a good one or two, you know. And the problem was is that eventually what happened was there was one or two guys that would lose whatever. They'd lose a card, and then all of a sudden they were, you know, complaining about it or crying about it or whatever, and then we weren't allowed to flip baseball cards because they considered it gambling <laughs> at our school. We went to a Catholic grade school. Uh, but, yeah, I remember back in the day you used to flip baseball cards. Now, because, first of all, I don't even know what they're – because it got – it was – Tops and then Fleer and then Upper Deck got involved. I don't even know I because I, I'm not a collector anymore. I don't even know what baseball cards there are to collect. I don't even and I I don't even see them. It's not like you go buy the packs with the bubble gum in them anymore. It turned into a thing during the pandemic because nobody had anything to do. And I'll have to go back and find the story, but I think I remember Target saying we're not doing this anymore. 
Like, all of these card sharks are showing up, and they're making this difficult because they're fighting over cards. I'm going to go find this story because I think during the pandemic, Target or one of the retailers was like, we're not doing this anymore. You guys are making this miserable for us. Uh, Well, Target needs all the good PR they can get now, so maybe maybe they go back and start selling baseball cards again. Right. um, But, yeah, baseball cards were a thing, man. That was was, uh... (laughs) a... Thomas says the gum with the mystery powder on it. Yeah, you had that flat stick of gum that came in the Topps baseball card. It was a flat, maybe one inch by four inch piece of gum, one inch by three inch piece of gum, and you, it didn't fold up like gum. It like cracked, and then you bite on it and you get at your molars and you just chew it a little bit. And then as soon as it got a little moisture in it, then it became pliable. And then it turned out to be a piece of gum that was maybe a dot big. I mean, it was, it was tiny. It was this tiny piece of piece of worthless craptastic gum. And so anyway, uh, it was it was not great gum, but it was bubble gum that came out of a baseball pack park card. So you loved it. It didn't matter. You couldn't wait to get it. I remember that was like the thing after baseball games when we would play on Saturday or Sundays. Uh, there was always a parent because it used to be you could either bring something for all the kids. Uh, like, uh, you know, bottle of pop or whatever. Or we went to the pony keg. There was a pony keg near my house, which is what we called it, which was a convenience store or bodega or whatever. But you'd go to the pony keg, and then all the kids would go into the store one at a time, go in and grab something. And you got a bottle of pop and something, whether it was a candy bar or whatever. I'd always get – I back then I drank Pepsi. I'd drink a bottle of Pepsi, and then I'd grab a, a pack of baseball cards. So you'd be drinking that. You'd be chewing that nasty gum. <laughs> <laughs> putting it in your mouth with the with the Pepsi and the acidicness of the Pepsi. It was just like, but you loved it because it just, you know, you could smell that gum when you opened up the pack and then you had your baseball cards and then everybody was looking. You were trying to figure out who you got. And, uh, you know, anyway. It I, was I the Target on Blue Mound, by the way. They stopped selling in Brookfield. They stopped selling Pokemon yeah. and sports cards after one man was physically assaulted by four others in the parking lot. Of course it was. So hopefully they're back to normal now. It was just that one incident. It wasn't a company oh, thing. Of course it was over by me. Oh, God. I don't even. I, when's the last time you went to a convenience store and saw a pack of ball, uh, bubble gum cards, baseball cards? You don't even see them anymore, right? No. no. They don't put them out anymore. I don't know when they quit doing that, but it used to be you could go in and buy them. Now they encourage you, you go online and you buy who, through whomever, you buy the entire set. That's the way they sell them now is in, in full sets. And you get these random sets if you get a really good player or a rookie card or whatever, that, that's luck of the draw. But you buy them in these particular sets. You can buy them by team. You can buy whatever. But you buy these random sets, and out of the 20 or 50 cards you get, you're hoping for three or four that are actually going to end up making you money in the long run. 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We'll break a little bit early. we got our guy, Mike Clements, that should be, Mike should be joining us, coming up here momentarily. So hang in there for that. This portion of the program brought to you by our good buddy, Mikey Whitcomb, who is a huge supporter uh, of the motorcycle ride, but also he works with Exit Realty. And whether it's, uh, you know, in Milwaukee or Zaki County, Waukesha County, uh, Washington County, Jefferson, whatever, Mikey's a great guy, good guy in the area to know. Call him, 414-243-1976. He helped me get into my house and put up with a lot of crap from me. I went through, I think, like 12, 13, 14 houses before I settled on the one that I got. was brutally honest 
uh, about that, which was great. Uh, it's what you need when you're not, you know, nobody's familiar and, and fluent in buying housing for the most part. And uh, you need a guy that's on your side, and you need a guy that's uh, no nonsense. And that's Mikey, 414-243-1976, 414-243-1976. Tell him we sent This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. at uh, Road America and out in uh, Sturgis, uh, South Dakota. We are going to be running around uh, with some of our products from our friends at Road Track and Trail. Thanks to them for uh, stepping front, to the forefront and saying, hey, uh, we know you need some vehicles to get around in on the property. So they uh, gave us a really nice Can-Am Defender. And we got to say thanks to Road Track and Trail. Go to roadtrackandtrail.com, the world's biggest distributor, if you will, of uh, motorcycles and uh, power sports and man, they had they deal in volume, big, 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 big time. So if you are looking for uh, a motorcycle, a dirt bike, uh, doesn't matter what type of motorcycle, by the way, or if you're looking for something side by sides, you name it, sleds. Uh, once it becomes a, you know the winter months, uh, that is roadtrackandtrail.com, roadtrackandtrail.com. Also, our guy Mike Clemens brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau Field. If uh, you're one of the uh, Lambeau Field owners, so to speak, maybe that's where you go. You stay there with the family. You go to the Bay Family Restaurant, grub down seven days a week on that homestyle cooking. It's right there on South Military Avenue. You can call today for reservations. If you want to go up for camp or for games, call them 920-494-3441. Good old-fashioned motel style, 920-494-3441. Or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is Bay Motel Green Bay. Dot com. We bring in our guy now, Mike Clemens, who's been on hold a little while. Michael, how you doing? What did we learn today at the uh, the shareholders meeting? Well, I thought it might be a day where you say, okay, you got through the pandemic. Uh, remember there was that time where they actually, their their profits were down to about $10 million one year. And then Mark Murphy revealed the shareholders meeting, hey, we had to pay off the Mike McCarthy coaching staff. We just wiped out about, you know, a dozen coaches, and there's a lot of severance pay there. Plus, we re-signed contracts with Aaron Rodgers and some other players and uh, with signing bonuses. And a lot of this stuff, you know, came out of some of our net profits at the end of the year. And then that, that year was followed by a pandemic. So, you know, even though people say, oh, you know, the Packers, they're rolling in money, it still is, you know, the smallest market on the planet for a professional Mm -hmm. franchise. And there was something else that he said today that I thought was very interesting. He says, you know, you've probably heard that the the Washington Commanders just sold for $6.5 billion. We don't have that kind of money. And that reminds you that, you know, you're up against, like even guys that have made their money primarily in the NFL, like a Jerry Jones in Dallas, and you've seen the size of his yacht, or Robert Kraft and the Patriots, and the money he's made in a much bigger market like New England and Boston, that's what Murphy's up against. You know, you're sitting there at the poker table, and no matter how good of a poker player you are and the stack of chips, when the guy across the table from you has got four times as many chips, you have to be 
careful with how you play your cards. So I asked him this question. He had seven, uh, close to 8,000 people there, 7825 attended today's shareholders meeting. And they announced this morning, you had this on the show, the, one of the things they announced is they have acquired the company Fomation, Fomation, the, the company that makes the cheese head hats, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, that sounds like an unnatural. The Packers now own that company. That's probably a good investment. But I said, so, Mark, you know, we, we travel to the away games, and I've seen the Patriot Village, which kind of looks more like a mall and cinemas and stuff. Uh, we've been to the Star in Frisco, the place where Mike McCarthy's working now. His office is in locker rooms and facilities for the Cowboys. The Vikings have a brand-new facility now that Zicky Wolf has given them. And you're up against guys like, you know, Arthur Blank and Atlanta and all these other billionaires around the league. The Bears now realize they have to catch up and move out of Soldier Field out to the suburbs so they can have their own Bear Village. I said, what is your biggest concern then financially keeping up with these other franchises in the NFL? Well, it's a good question. I mean, it's one of the reasons that, uh, well, number one, we have, uh, you know, the corporate reserve fund. But then, really, I mean, Titletown is primarily a, a community uh, asset um, that we wanted, but also I think uh, over time that will help us uh, with some of the <clears throat> some of the uh, investments that we have there and partnerships that we have with uh, you know businesses and uh, and that nature. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the Patriots were kind of the first, um, and. We learned a lot from them, you know, and that was really helpful. That was part of our planning for Titletown. We went out and talked, uh, spent time with the Patriots and talked with with them. And uh, and then nothing against it, but it's more, it's not as community-focused as ours is. It was really more like a really nice mall and uh, close to a stadium. But, you know, for us, we wanted really, I mean, for instance, you know, the 100-yard football field right in the middle of it. There's no financial return on that, no. But it gets a lot of use. So, um, yeah, I mean, fortunately, you know, you look at it, um, and it, I think it showed a little in some of Mike's slides, the uh, the national income that's shared equally is growing at a faster rate than local. Um, so, uh, but we're going to, we'll continue. I mean, the, the biggest local revenue source is tickets. And that's where, you know, we we could probably increase tickets a lot more than we do, but we want to keep it right at the average to try to keep it as affordable as possible. That's kind of the balancing act because, you know, we had slipped, uh, you know, I think 30th in the league a number of years ago and had a couple owners say, you know, you guys have got a long waiting list and you sell out every game. You shouldn't be, shouldn't be down in the 30s. Mike, it it sounds like he's kind of leaning towards, hey, eventually the ticket prices are going to go a little bit higher. We've got such an incredible waiting list. We can, so maybe we will. Uh, but he also sounds like a guy that's, you know, like you're treading water. You're you're trying to figure out new ways to generate revenue at this point. And, oh, by the way, you're just coming off of what would consider to be a, a dramatic, I don't, know, I don't know if it's a disaster or success, but you traded away your basic, uh, your biggest commodity as far as your marketability goes. In Aaron Rodgers. And yep. isn't it interesting, as you heard him say at the end, Bill, remember when we're in Miami and we're driving along and they've got billboards on there saying, Dolphin season tickets available today. You yep. know, you're not used to seeing that in Wisconsin. 
Right. You're not used to seeing TV commercials on the local news saying, buy your NFL tickets today. But most of these other markets that we go to, that's what these other teams have to do. So that's why some of those owners in those much bigger markets are saying, hey, Mark, you guys have got a 30-year waiting list of fans. You know, you need to bring your ticket prices up a little bit more. You're killing us because, we, you know, we want to charge more to help with our own revenues. So, yeah, so that's the kind of pressure he gets being, you know, the guy in the little market from the bigger market saying, you know, you need to help us out a little bit uh, in that way. Mm-hmm. Another thing I thought was uh, it was interesting was this. Now, I can't play you audio from the actual shareholders meeting. This is the press conference that Murphy just finished up with us about five, ten minutes ago. So the board of directors is out there under a tent, about 8,000 fans in the stands. They've got this PowerPoint. They've got the new scoreboards, so you know people are getting a look on that. They're showing them all off of that. But uh, then Brian Gutekunst, the GM, he does his presentation first. And he pretty much came out and said, okay, you know, we lost seven out of eight games. You know, I, I always think of it as the five-game losing streak. He called it we lost seven out of eight games, which really put us behind and repeating and getting to the playoffs. But we have, you know, we have rejuvenated our roster, and he went through all the new draft that they've got. He talked about some of the players that they've re-signed, like a Keyshawn Nixon, you know, and even like an Eric Wilson, you know, linebacker, some of the players that they've kept to get through to the next season. And then Brian said, you know, we hope this will be, you know, much better Packers season moving forward. Applause, and he walked off the stage. He usually does that. He doesn't stay for the whole meeting. He walks off the field and goes back up to the personnel department. So Murphy came up, and then he said, all right, now I just want to take a moment to to talk about Aaron Rodgers. And there was a little bit, there was a pause, there was a little bit of applause, but there's also some some people, you know, 50 out of 8,000, they were booing. They went, boo. Right. And then Murphy said, I've, this is, I've transcribed this. No, 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 no. He was, he was one of our uh, greatest players in the history of the Packers franchise, uh, and he had a remarkable 18-year career here, and we want to thank him you know, for his time here. And then that got a nice, loud, you know, loud, moderate, polite applause from the fans. So Murphy then was asked in the press conference, so – What's it been like the last four or five months after you traded Aaron Rodgers? What's the reaction been from fans? Have they complained? I have, I have not heard any complaints. Uh, I have, though, heard a lot of positive things about Jordan and that people are excited for the future with him. I mean, it's very rare for a player that's that good and commands that kind of interest across the league to play for one team his whole career. I mean, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, uh, you know, especially in, my, in the old days, it was, you know, you couldn't move. <laughs> yeah, it's, Mike, I, I I mean, I think we all would have loved to have seen not only Rodgers end his career with Green Bay, but also to end his career with success when it comes to Green Bay and possibly another, you know, Super Bowl championship along the way and such. And I completely understand where they're at. Um, but, yeah, yeah it was kind of like, I think now that we've said we've had a couple of months to let it really kind of sink in, I, it, it feels like it was just at the right time, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I, I think so, too. Uh, the, I, the season was marred by the guy who was having a thumb injury on his throwing hand in the middle of the season. They should have been starting Jordan Love, who was the healthier option then, but apparently, you know, Rodgers wasn't going to have anything to do with that. Meanwhile, 
Jordan Love got all those reps during the week, and Aaron Rodgers only showed up on game day, and they lost some. They lost some games. He wasn't doing the the miracles that he usually uh, happens during that time. And I'll tell you what, there's some stuff that Rodgers has said at the Jets camp that I want to go over with you. I don't know, maybe on tomorrow's show or later mm-hmm. in the week when you're up here during training camp that I that really kind of complete some of the story about what's going on Rodgers' mind. Because let's say let's let's make this clear. At the end of the day. The Rodgers agent called Russ Ball and said, we want to be traded to the Jets. And that's when the Mm -hmm. Packers said, okay, we can make that happen. So that in the meantime, Mark Murphy, CEO, was asked directly, so how many games do you guys think you're going to win with Jordan Love this season at quarterback? Yeah, um, you know, it's I'm comparing it a little bit to Aaron's first year that was – and first year as a starter, um, yeah, I, I'd say at least half a season to now. And, and I think, uh, you know, even though I think we ended up with a losing record that year, but we knew we saw enough of Aaron to know that, you know, we had something special. I, and I think that's the big thing, Mike, is that you and I have talked about this. We saw it behind closed doors of practice. Uh, we saw what he did offensively, and people tend to forget. We were talking about it earlier today that the defense was not good, that Rodgers brought him back, and they gave up a lot of leads and cost him a lot of games. And But you, you saw, and there was enough wow moments that you went, wow, Rodgers is the real deal, no doubt about it. And you're kind of waiting to see if you're going to see that out of Jordan Love. Right, right. So I got some more comments for you, too, if you want to take a break about what Murphy thinks they really think to see the team they've got now. Let's do that. Let's do Post Aaron yeah. Rodgers. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got Mike Clemens on the line with us. Uh, Mike up in Green Bay was at the shareholders meeting a little bit earlier today, this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends at Veterans America, a big supporter of the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. Also, they are the stage sponsor for the post-ride party that's going to be, uh, you know, kind of taken over by the, the band, the Cheap Shots. We're looking forward to that as well. Thanks to James Mercado and the whole gang at Veterans America, whether it's uh, zero down payments you're looking for, no PMI, some credit requirements that aren't as, as, as strict, we'll say, but if you're a, a military member in the VA, uh, as far as a veteran goes, or maybe a family member, call them 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333. We'll be right back. Mike Clemens joining us live in Green Bay right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back, The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Final segment of the program, our guy Mike Clemens on the ground in Green Bay today. The shareholders meeting took place. And uh, and Mike, uh, you know, you obviously said that uh, Mark, you know, Murphy had a couple more comments. But, uh, you know, one of the things that you kind of look for is uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, the season is, you know, how have they fortified this team and what are the uh, realistic expectations, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. And the Packers CEO, Mark Murphy, took a little shot at the league and the New York Jets today. Because in his uh, prepared remarks to 8,000 shareholders at Lambeau Field, which I can't play the audio of, he said it was you know kind of a quote. And you know the league is tr- always trying to tell the story of players a little bit more, so they do that with shows like Hard Knocks. Now I'm pleased to report we've never been on Hard Knocks. Everybody laughed at that, mm-hmm. but the New York Jets are, 
and people laughed at that. So you can see them and eight other former Packers this summer on Hard Knocks, and people <laughs> laughed and applauded. So he's taking a little jab, you know, at the Rogers group, you know, and the rest of them that are in New York. But then in the press conference, he was said, okay, you guys drafted 13 players. You lost eight former Packers to New York, including your quarterback, you know, and you didn't do much in free agency. You signed some of your own players. So what kind of team is the Packers going to be this year? That's one of the reasons people are excited because, you know, there's not, no, I, there's just, there's, I, I don't know if I'd call it uncertainty, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're a, we're a much different team than we were last year. Uh, we'll be younger, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm optimistic. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I obviously have a lot of confidence in Matt. I think you'll see... I think our defense probably will have to carry us a little bit uh, in the early season. I think offensively, you're going to see probably a little bit more of Matt's true offense. Um, I mean, obviously, when you have a great quarterback like Aaron and you know, somebody who's been in the league as long as he has, you give, we give him the flexibility and gave him the flexibility to change plays and get in and out of things that really helped us. Um, but I would anticipate uh, you know, a strong running game and play action off of that. Um, you know, the other thing, and I think Brian has talked about this, but there's probably be some ups and downs with Jordan and, you know, we've got young receivers, but we've got a lot of talent there. And I think our thought is, or our hope is that they'll all get better and grow together. Mike, what an incredibly interesting comment because he said again, match true offense in which Matt LaFleur laughed and said, I don't know what the Matt LaFleur offense is. We adapt it to everybody, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he's got a, he's got insight. He knows that maybe things weren't copacetic when it came to what the plays were being called versus what it was actually being run. Don't you think? That's exactly what's going on. I mean, Mark, Mark Murphy is saying, look, I hired a Shanahan offense, a McVay offense guy, and that's kind of what we want to see on the field now. That was the whole plan. You're not always going to have a Hall of Fame quarterback, so take the pressure off the quarterback. You know, that's how Matthew Stafford won a a Super Bowl. That's how Jared Cook got to a Super Bowl under McVay. That's how, you know, the 49ers got to, you know, a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Take the pressure off the quarterback and have other weapons, like a strong running game, a great tight end, and an outstanding defense and special teams. And that's what Murphy's saying. That's what we want to see in 2023. Yeah, I got to think that he's got some insight that there was more going on beneath the surface than maybe what we were either led to believe or what we thought or maybe some of the things we were thinking were actually true. But he keeps referring to that even after the head coach said, yeah, that's that's not, you know, I laugh at that, that type of thing. I you just get the sense that there is like this, I, I this heavy, I don't want to say dark cloud or whatever. It seems like there's the heaviness is gone and now we're back to football. So just announced, we'll talk to Matt LaFleur tomorrow morning. Apparently he's moved into his new office there on the southeast side of the stadium, uh, followed by the GM, Brian Gudikins, to kick off uh, this training camp, and we'll have those for you coming up on tomorrow's show. Mike, great stuff as always, bud. Look forward to it. We're, the band is back together, all ripping and raring to go, buddy, and then uh, I will see you up there in person coming up on Thursday, okay? Appreciate it, Bill. Thank you, man. All right, bud. Talk to you soon. There you go. That'll do it. What a way to end it. Leaving that eyebrow up a little bit. What? So uh, we'll get back at it again tomorrow. 
Hopefully the Brewers get a win tonight. We're talking about the crew being a game and a half up on Cincinnati after this evening's ball game down at American Family Field. We'll talk more about the Green Bay Packers tomorrow and anything else that happens to pop up. So until then, good day today. Hell of a way to start off your week. Don't forget on Wednesday we're going to be at Franklin Field uh, down at the Rock Complex, the Rock Sports Complex in Franklin. Thursday we're going to be up at Lambeau. Going to be uh, bringing you some training camp reports. And then on Friday... We are going to be live from Road America for the Xfinity NASCAR series coming into town. So we got a lot going on. Hang on. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up 20 hours from now. Until then.